Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now the following is a fourth hand production Elijah, are you ready to bring on the weird? Yes, sir, I sure am. Are you ready? Remotely. Oh. Not very remotely? Definitely remotely. Remotely. All the episodes are remote. <laughs> yeah, that's what I... It kind of messes me up when I read other people are having problems putting out episodes. I'm like, dude, <laughs> we, that's what we do. That's the only way we do it. We've never done one in person. No, we got. We tried. We tried. What was that? New Year's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was Thanks. not a good time for me, man. Mm mm mm. Mm So, we're keeping our social distance. We're keeping our physical distance. Didn't know. Didn't somebody from who? Just re rephrase it. We're not gonna call it social distancing anymore. We're gonna call it physical distancing. Oh my God! You know what? It wouldn't even surprise me. Social distancing <laughs> probably offended somebody, and they got all fucking upset, and now here we are. They got to rename everything. Yep. This is insane. Uh, I can't, I'm not getting into no, it. No, can't do it. No. No. Because last time I said I'm not getting into something, I spent a half an hour bullshitting. <laughs> uh, what are you drinking to get our mind off of this for a minute? <clears throat> you caught me mid-drink. I'm having a 60-minute IPA by Dogfish Head. Ooh, yes. I'm like you were with the Genesis. Tonight, that's my backup, but I got got the old Founders right at hand now. Oh, boy. So. I think you should have two Founders before this episode's over, and let's see how it goes. <laughs> then things will definitely start to get remote for me. <laughs> <laughs> Did we do that? Hmm. I'm getting... More and more used to that taste. It's heavy. I don't know if I could get used to that taste, dude. That's a harsh taste. I mean, I've never had that, but I, I know the taste you're talking about. And It's heavy. Ale aged in oak bourbon barrels. It's like the oak and just kind of, or the bourbon just kind of melted some of the oak off and I'm just drinking some tree. Like charcoal. My wife put on her remote viewer to figure out what's inside our clue envelope. We shared this on Twitter. For people to use their remote viewing powers to tell us what's inside the clue envelope. So what I did was I laid out everything and I had one daughter pick stuff out and slide in the envelope. She didn't look at them. I didn't look at them. And neither one of us looked at what was left to try to deduce stuff. It was who, what, and where, right? Who, what, and where. 
Okay. I, I made sure to spread them out. I shuffled them up, and the who and the what and the where was all in separate piles. Okay. Otherwise, we would have ended up with three people or something, something crazy. Maybe. Maybe not. My wife just put on her remote viewer, which was basically a glass of wine in her hand. Oh. She goes, mm, kitchen, knife, Mr. Green. You know, I just played that game literally for the first time over the weekend. You've never played it before the weekend? Nope, never. What? Yeah, what? we played it with uh, my wife and the kids and I. We all played it. And I kept on, I said, look, you got to explain this to me because I don't, I've never played this before. <laughs> You're like, I don't have a clue. And she was like, yeah, you've played, we've played it together. And I said, I don't think so, man. I, I don't remember ever playing that game. We got one. So a couple of the rooms might be a little bit different because they try to modernize it. But we got one that it's got the the classic on one side with a couple updated rooms. Like it's not the billiard room anymore. It's the game room. Which one do you have? Uh, billiard. So you got like more classic one. So you have yeah. a you have a study instead of a lounge. Yes. No. Or something yes. like that. I don't remember, dude. <laughs> lounge, billiard room, and instead of a hall, uh, was the hallway? I think we have an entrance instead of the hallway, something like that. But anyway, whatever I reveal might have a slightly more modern taste to it. And on, if you take the board on the one we have and just flip it over, there's a a boardwalk scene. Which has a couple other rules that uh, we haven't played yet. A what? A boardwalk. There's a boardwalk and then like the Ferris wheel and games and... Oh, yeah? Yeah, just... Same game, just different locale. Yeah. Hmm. Seems fun, right? It's okay. We're revealing what's inside this envelope at the end of this episode. And I we tweeted that out yesterday and I just retweeted the same one this evening. For people to put on their remote viewers. But we're not going to reveal what's inside uh, in the real world until the podcast drops on Monday. Sunday if you're a patron. And speaking of patrons, we have a new one. We do. What's his name? Connor Carroll? Yep, Connor Carroll. Thank you, Connor. Yes, thank you. No more ads for you, buddy. And a shout out. Here you go. Yeah. And then in a week, we'll shout out again when it's time for another monthly shout out. <laughs> he really missed the opportunity to make a funny name there, though. Who, me? No, Connor. He could have made a funny name, but he just went with his name. True. Yep. Maybe that's what we should do, because you can do custom messages to people that become new patrons. So you can either reply back with a custom message or set it up so that it's an auto reply with a custom message. So I could do that, set it up so that it asks the person, we'll say whatever you want want us to say as your name to shout you out on the episode. Mm, Something like I that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good idea to give them that power. I think they should have to change their Patreon name. If they want the funny name, Oh, they should have to change it. It should be up to them. It should be up to us. Yep. Up to them. If they want that funny, funny, I don't know. If they want that funny name shout out, they should change it beforehand. All right. No? Yeah, sounds good to me. I like it. Now, how far back in history do you want to talk about this remote viewing business? 
How far back? How far does it go? Yeah. I got the 70s, dude. 70s? Pfft, dude, come on. I mean, what are you talking about? Like, ancient Buddhists? Uh, I don't know if they were Buddhists or what. One podcast I listened to had a story that they said in in an ancient time, uh, Adelphi, I believe that was the the witch's name that that the this king or tribesman or something ended up the witch that he ended up using to be his soothsayer, his fortune teller. So what he did was he made this, he put in this cauldron. Um, different pieces of different animals. Mm-hmm. And then he, he called on his, uh, the clerics or the witches of the tribe or, or whatever, you know, whatever they were called then. And whoever had either the closest guess or uh, who could tell him exactly what was in there, then they would become his personal fortune teller. And there was only one that said, hmm, that's, Boiled turtle and some lizards and this. Either she knew exactly what boiled turtle smelled like, or she was on to something. Uh, she might have known. <laughs> yeah. A fully shelled boiled turtle. So this kind of thing has been in practice for a long, long time. Well, I guess we, we should probably give them like a definition of what this is in case they don't know, right? Yeah, what the F is remote viewing. Well, so I got, okay, so <laughs> don't scrutinize me, but I got this definition from Gaia.com. That guy. Yeah, that Gaia. <laughs> Remote viewing is defined as the ability to acquire accurate information about a distant or non-local place, person, or event without using your physical senses or any other obvious means. It's associated with the idea of clairvoyance, being able to spontaneously know something without actually knowing how you got the information. It is also sometimes called anomalous cognition or second sight. It just seems like it's a, I I don't know, remote viewing seems like a bastard child of clairvoyance and astral projection. Know what I mean? I know what you mean. What is the guy, the guy uh, Art Bell talked to, the guy I told you about? Uh, Colonel Edward Dames. Yeah, he said it is not. It's not at all this. He can't. He can't look into a crystal ball and tell you what's going to happen to you next week. It's right. more of like uh, it's emotions or something. He can't sit down with you and just be like, "I see in your future, twelve kids." Right. And if you play the lottery on this day with your favorite numbers, no, it's not like that. Well, I mean, it could be like that, but it takes some time. But it's more it's more emotional. Like everything has some sort of feeling to it. And the feeling also depends on the person. It depends on your opinion of something like if you're viewing a church or if you're viewing something that really speaks Catholic to you. And if you feel, if you have something against Catholicism, then it's going to spark something not negative, but lesser in you if you have a bad opinion of Catholicism. But if you have a really good opinion, it's going to spark some sort of like joy or happiness or satisfaction or something. Right? Does that sound good? 
I don't know. Is that your opinion, or did you read that somewhere? That was in. I listened to so many podcasts on this. It's unreal. Yeah, it's kind of hard to absorb all this info. It's but people continuously practice this. They're they're still practicing it. Yeah, I mean, well, so to go back to Ed Dames real quick, he was not religious. So I don't I don't know how true that uh, the Catholicism reference is because uh, he was not religious, but he he knew there was a lot of evil going on in the world, and he started like looking around for some evil shit. So stuff that would spark something negative in him. Yeah, I guess he remote viewed the fucking devil, dude. What? Yeah, dude, I did not catch that at all. Where, yeah, where did you find that? It was in the Art Bell interview. Was it? That must have been a different one because he was not. He did not go down that path than the one I heard. It was. I think it was towards the beginning. He was talking about he remote viewed the devil. He uh, he came ac- upon this like uh, this church. It looked like a church. It was made of. I think he said obsidian or something dark like that. He said, but the angles they were all wrong. Like it, it was a beautiful church, but like the angles didn't make any sense. And uh, then he like goes in, and there's these like. It, they look like stained glass windows, and there was uh, this. They were like a bluish color, I think he said. And uh, yeah, he met the fucking devil, dude. He hung out with him. Oh, he didn't hang out with him. No, he got uh, the devil said, uh, "You're mine forever." Whoa. Or some shit like that. Yeah. And then he said he looked more at the stained glass windows, and they were actually like tanks, and they just had like bodies floating in them dismembered bodies of like men women children all that oh my goodness yeah just floating in the what he thought were stained glass windows and he said the devil who looked like uh was it baphomet female breasts male genitalia goat legs goat head some weird shit like that and he like came up yeah he came up to him and he said he like poked him like tapped him in the forehead Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, he did that, and he said it felt like it was, like, deep inside of his fucking brain, dude, and he could feel something being, like, pulled out of him. Oh, man, Eddie needs to get himself a CAT scan. Quick. I don't know for sure, but I feel like he said when he woke up, he had an impression on his forehead. What? Not when he woke up. I I don't know. What do you call it when you come out of this? Uh... Waking up sounds good. It's not, it's, what I've understood so far, it's it's way, way deeper than meditation. Yeah, it, it's not really a trance, though, is it? It's like a... No, it's it's all but sleeping. Like, you go so far down to almost sleeping, almost dreaming, but you, you're not quite unconscious, because then that, once you go unconscious, then you move into a different... Um, brainwave a different state like right i've got it in my notes i'll read down it like beta waves and alpha waves and theta waves but if you go too far or then you go into like whichever one is dream waves it's in my notes we'll get to it but everyone i've heard talking about it or read about they said this is not astral projection it's so it's not you know the theory when you go to sleep you can astral project. It's not that. It's no completely different, allegedly. Clairvoyance is one thing. You kind of, 
I don't know. It's like an intuition. Clairvoyance is like some sort of intuition or like an an extra educated guess. Like you're able to deduce all the pieces like that and figure it out real fast. But on a subconscious level, you don't even know you're doing it. And you're like, that's that's the thing. That's clairvoyance, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. But this is like a sub-level intuition. Sort of. But this kind of, it projects your consciousness, sort of. It's so, it's so close to astral projection, but it's not astral projection. Because that is on a different waveform yet. Yeah, I would say, I would say you're pretty close with projecting your consciousness elsewhere. Uh, But what's weird is, uh, I've heard a lot of people say this, but what I got, this is copy and pasted right here. But, so I got it from Gaia.com again. So I don't want people to think I'm plagiarizing. I want to <laughs> let them know. But they said, many of us experience this from time to time as an intuitive flash of insight that turns out to be correct. That sounds like clairvoyance to me. Yes, it does. Because you didn't go into that that not quite subconscious state. Well, I, I think what I think what they're saying is everybody can do this. Just some people know how to control it. Yeah, some some people are really good at controlling the dreams, which that sounds like astral projection to me. My wife can do it. My wife, she'll tell me all the time, like, she'll be in a dream and she'll say, I know I'm dreaming. And, like, she can just do, like, yo, I'm so jealous of that, man. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, how cool, is, like, if I know I'm dreaming. I wake up. Well, I don't, I I never know I'm dreaming. But, like, if I did. Dude, I would be doing some cool shit, man. There's only been a, a couple of times when I know I knew for a fact I was dreaming. And when I know I'm dreaming, there's there's almost always a point where I'm like, "Oh, dude, I'm dreaming. I could I could manifest anything. Wake up, done. That was it. That was over." <laughs> <laughs> I never get to experience that, man. I think I think it's only been like twice, twice that I've like controlled what was happening for uh for a little while but it wasn't much that's so cool man it's actually it's very rare that i even remember my dreams mm-hmm. i didn't get into um robert monroe for this research but with his stuff it's like uh what did he do out of body experiences obes or some level of astral projection that's what robert monroe did I'm pretty sure it was robert monroe and i think there's a history of robert monroe mixed in with remote viewing somewhere like Ingo Swan which we'll probably talk about but you got notes on him don't you yeah I got a few notes on Ingo okay there was somebody on some podcast said Bob Monroe and Ingo Swan that you know there was sort of collaboration with with them at some point Mm -hmm. but he was more astral projection out of body experience for for what he was doing Ingo or Bob Bob Robert Monroe. And one thing I read I read his book several years ago and Sinbad was actually on uh You Made It Weird with Damn it, what's the comedian's name? But anyway, I'll look that up. But Sinbad was talking about doing astral projection and checking that out. And I was when I was reading Robert Monroe's book because of that episode, Pete Holmes. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. Sinbad okay. was on that episode, and he was talking about astral projection and stuff. In Robert Monroe's book, he said, 
if you want to try to control your dreams or be better at possibly astral projection, because sometimes it takes lifetimes to be able to do astral projection well, or if you want to try to control your dreams well, he said, wake yourself up extra early in the morning so that way you're still tired when you get up. Chug a cup of coffee and go back to sleep. But that just seems like that seems like caffeine induced crazy dreams to me. Sort of. Well, I could kind of see it. If you're able to control a dream, you're in the dream, your body is already exhausted. You go into the dream and you do all the cool shit in the dream that you want to do. Yeah. Because your body is so exhausted, but then your mind's racing because now your blood's pumping because of the caffeine. Yeah, I, I mean, it sort of in a weird way makes sense to me. That's that's what I thought, but I've never tried it because usually, I mean, Monday through Friday I get up and I got to get ready for work. And on the weekends, I'm like, I'm going to sleep a little bit longer on the weekends. Yeah. Because I'm a little tired. <laughs> Definitely not waking myself up early. Chugging coffee and then trying to go back to sleep. No, because usually when I'm up, I'm up. I'm not a napper. Yeah, I'm not. Occasionally, I'll fall asleep. Like, I'll, I'll sit on the couch and I'll fall asleep during the day. But typically not. Once I wake up, I'm up. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm so used to waking up at like 4 a.m. for work. Yeah, stupid 30 in the morning. Yeah, so, I mean, if if I wake up anytime four or after, I'm like, all right. Just like a work day. Yep. So my body is raring to go. Ha-cha-cha. <laughs> so if you sleep for two hours, chug coffee, and go back to sleep, watch out, dreams. Here you come. Yeah, I'm going to do that tonight. Are you? you going to set your alarm for two hours after you go to sleep? No, not a chance. No. no. <laughs> Look, I don't I don't know about you, but I could, I could do it. When the alarm goes off, I wake up. Yeah, same here. I got to be in some sort of deep, deep sleep to miss the alarm. Weird thing about me is when I go to sleep, I'm in a very deep sleep. But for some reason, my alarm always wakes me up. Yeah. It's really weird. My wife, she'll hit snooze 15 times. My alarm goes off once. I'm boing. I'm up. Yep. I'm rolling. I used to do one snooze. And then my wife doesn't go back to sleep very easily. So she's like, just get up. Get out of here. Get out of bed. <laughs> get up. Go on. Don't snooze. You're not going to let me go back to sleep if you snooze. So then I've just trained my body to go ahead and just get up. Is that what she sounds like? <laughs> get up. Get up. <laughs> it's a good thing she doesn't listen to this. Yep. That's all I got to say. <laughs> the one note I have here is from, well, and it's not just one note. It's a lot of stuff that will... Touch on, I guess. Uh, astralvoyage.com. Oh, yeah. They have astral projection is placing your consciousness into the astral plane. Remote viewing is placing your consciousness into the earth plane, or what is sometimes called an earth projection. So you're still on the same plane. You're just projecting your consciousness into the earth plane. Or I guess some people have projected outside the earth. Well, I know of at least one who did. I don't know how many have done it, but I know of at least one. Was it old Eddie? You want to wait for that? I guess we can tell him, like, the modern remote viewing began with the U.S. government. They are creating a remote viewing CIA training program in the 70s. In answer to the fact that the Russians were already doing it. 
the Russians were already doing it because they thought we were doing it. It's a <laughs> it's a vicious cycle, man. They thought we were doing it back before all this. Right after WW2. Yeah, they were like, shit, we better get on this. So they started doing it, and then we were like, shit, they're doing it. We better do it. Yeah, and then the powers that be were like, hold up. So this is free radar? Yo, yeah, yeah. we're going we're gonna to figure out how to do free radar. Yeah. So the CIA gave money to uh, the Stanford Research Institute to test the possibility of it, and their goal was actually to have remote viewing to be proven false. They did not want it to be possible. But then... Other things happened. I mean, it makes sense, right? You don't you don't want it to be possible because you're like, fuck. Like, if this is possible, then none of our meetings are safe. Right. You, you know, like, what is safe? What is secret? Anybody could be here at any time. Can yeah. I just reach over and choke Yuri because he's standing in the room, but not really? I don't know, man. I don't think so. I don't think you could choke him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to have to have your own. What well, would not be a hell of a thing. I saw this. It was in Doctor Strange. They were their astral projections were fighting each other. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> so you're gonna have to have your own American security, huh? Ooh. Sitting in another room. <laughs> so when they they're just standing at the door, just as you got you got Oliver on this side, and you got Projection Jerry on the other side. He's just a nerdy guy with a jubilee of pins in his pocket, sitting in the other room. He's just. <laughs> He's just projecting himself over there, and then Yuri comes floating up. <laughs> <laughs> and Projection Jerry's like, oh, no. Oh, no. You're not getting in there, Projection Yuri. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like the Matrix. They're like dodging punches, leaning back to dodge punches. <laughs> it's just going through. They're just throwing each other through walls. Papers are shuffling around. The hell was that? I wonder... If that's why they started building bases underground in hopes to avoid being detected. Would it matter? Well. With with this remote viewing, you just kind of say, well, I'm looking for this. Okay. Let me go into a, a light slumber and see what I can see. Actually, yeah. We'll probably get into it a little more in the second half. But yeah, I guess being secretive doesn't really work out. Very well with this stuff. No, so then you have to build a Winchester house anytime you want to build a secret base. No, that wouldn't even work, dude. The Winchester house? Nope, that wouldn't even work. Cause you, yeah, I guess not, because then you just get, you pinpoint right to exactly what you want. If you're good enough, you can go right to what you want. In a sense, you got to feel it out. Well, I'll tell you in the second half why that doesn't work, being extra secretive. Being extra confusing, extra secretive, it doesn't work, according to at least one guy All right. who did this. We'll get into it. Do you, do you want to break now, or you want to talk some more about, like, I don't know, the mechanics of it? Like how you do it? Yeah, I got a bunch of notes from theastralvoyage.com. It's... Well, you, you want to say well, this for the very end, and we'll just tell people how to do it at the very end, and then they can go on and remote view us all they want. Hey, hey, hey. Or, <laughs> or what, you, want, you want to do it now, or we can do it at the very end and tell them how to do it? All right, we'll tell them how to do it at the very end. I mean, it's not going to be, it's not that cut and dry, because there's a lot of people that, <laughs> you got you to gotta buy their classes, you got to buy the course. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, some of them aren't that expensive, but some of them are very expensive. I didn't look at the price. I was just assuming, like, I know it's not that cut and dry, but if we were, like, uh, full-time podcasters, okay, maybe I'd take a couple days in the week to go learn a course on Hell yeah. remote viewing, right? Damn right I would. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, if you, uh, what the hell is Ed Dame's website? Damn it, I, I really should have put that in my notes. But if you go to his website, you can buy specific little courses of it for like 50 bucks. Isn't that crazy though? Cause, so that means, it doesn't mean, but just to have a fun speculation of it, if there was enough people that took this course and were, they were successful with this course. So if, if you got, especially in what is happening in the world right now, social distancing and all that stuff. So if you get your favorite band, look, just go play a private concert for just yourselves, and a bunch of us will just remote view in. Yeah. I don't think it's that easy. Or they could just anybody. have one person live streaming it, and then we don't have to do all that weird shit. We could just go on, uh, I don't know, on the YouTubes and watch oh, it come live. On. That's too easy for these physical beings. <laughs> <laughs> LearnRV.com. That's it. That's the guy. But he, I mean, he teaches classes. Look, Ed Dames was one of the leading teachers of this for the U.S. military. He was taught by Ingo Swan, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Ingo Swan was, what did Ingo Swan do? Was he just, uh, his level of expertise was a psychic? Uh, he was uh, internationally known for his re- research into how exceptional the human mind was. If you market it like that, it seems a little more like, okay, I'm on board with this. But if you're like, I am a professional remote viewer, seems a little like, hmm, what? Everybody here knows the the human brain is incredible. So yes, he's doing a ton of research into this. So they were like, let's pull this dude in. Let's see what he knows. Let's see if uh, he can help us out with this. And he helped him. Shall we? Leave it on a cliffhanger and go to a break? Yeah, I think we should. All right. Break time. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the remote podcast, Bring on the Weird. You know, during that break, I remote viewed you, and I could see you going for another beer. Whoa. What did I get? Um, I think it was a 12 Stones IPA. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> yes it was. <laughs> Nailed it. I'm very good at this. Oh yeah. <laughs> All you have to do is just open your mind. Open your mind and close your eyes. And shut your mouth. <sighs> Hell yeah. That's how you do it. Boom. Done. Simple. It's that simple. Yeah. Just like sleeping. But not. But- some people hang their mouth open when they sleep. That's true. They got to stop that. 
Yeah. <laughs> if they want a remote viewer, they got to stop that. That's how they swallow spiders. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> is that true? I don't know. <laughs> On average, a person swallows six spiders a year or something. Is Look, any spiders in your life is too much. <laughs> yeah, any. Just like a arachnid cemetery in your in your stomach. Oh no! Oh no! 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 It's like assisted suicide for the spiders. What? Who convinces them to walk in the mouth? Uh, hey, I don't know. Maybe they saw a fly go in there first. Like, hmm, that looks like a good place to set up a nest because the yep. fly went in there first. Yep. That must be where the flies live. Yeah. Stupid spiders. And then they get in a stomach acid, and you're like, <laughs> Save me, flies! Save me! <laughs> and the flies just buzzing around above the <laughs> stomach acid, like, <laughs> nope. You can't do nothing with your eight eyes and your eight legs, can you? No, yeah. you can't. All I need is six hundred and fifty eyes and two wings, <laughs> or whatever the fuck. They got some weird eyes, man. Those stupid flies in their eyes. <laughs> Fly. Vegan Joe's coming after me. For that one. You hate on the flies now? <laughs> I wouldn't hurt a fly. <laughs> I wonder if he would cry if he knew how many spiders he eats a year. That's that's how he goes to sleep at night. He cries for all the spiders he eats at night that he has no control over. He probably just said he had sleep apnea so he could get a mask to prevent spiders from crawling <laughs> in there. He didn't really have it. <laughs> I'm doing this for you. It's the dumbest thing to be a hypochondriac about. Why do you want extra equipment when you sleep? 90% of people that have sleep apnea don't want the equipment on when they sleep. Look, when I was a kid, I was like, man, I want glasses. They look cool. Now I got glasses. I hate them. <laughs> but I can't put contacts in because I can't, I can't do anything with my fingers near my eyes. I can't put eye drops in. None of that. Also, no? I'm not getting LASIK. Because I'm not having some son of a bitch sneeze while he's laser beaming my eyeball. (laughs) Next thing you know, it goes through my eyeball, into my brain. I'm a quadriplegic. (laughs) Uh, um. (laughs) I don't know if it works that way. but (laughs) That escalated quickly. Yeah. I don't know, man. I remote viewed my future. Apparently, that's a thing you can do if you're good enough. Because time and space... Remote viewing don't give a fuck about time and space. No, they don't, which is really weird. Let me read down this from astralvoyage.com, and then you get an idea of it. Okay. When remote viewing, you will see the same range of colors, objects, and frequencies as you would during normal physical awareness. With astral projection, you may see astral junk, as this is the emotional plane and form follows thought. The only overlay with the remote viewing is that sometimes the time dimension overlaps and you will see an object that does not currently exist because it will exist in the future. As an example, you may see a building on a field, yet that building building? Yet that building does not currently exist only to find out in a few years' time the building has been built. This instance has been cited several times. This is why remote viewers have to master timelines. The one similarity is that time slash space is independent for both forms of projection, as it has nothing to do with light and sound, which are affected by vibrations. 
what I mean by this is during both projections, you are able to transcend time and space. <gasps> wow. Wow. It, that sounds really cool, doesn't it? Yeah. If you're just hiking along in some state park or something, and then I, if you're with somebody, if you're by yourself, I guess you're more in tune with or more checked out. Your feet are just moving. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're, if you're just walking, you're kind of checked out. I don't know. Sometimes when I'm driving, I kind of check out. Depends on how far the journey is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when I was first um, driving up this way, you guys are like four hours away from us. So mm -hmm. when I was first dating my wife, 200 miles, four hours away, <laughs> uh, you know, you get into kind of a groove. You just start driving. You You know the route. You don't need any kind of directions. You just go. And then sometimes I would just, I don't know, seems like my, I would just, my body would just drive. It knows all the motions. And then I would just kind of check out and you're like, ooh, uh, I don't remember the last half an hour, but I'm already here kind of thing. It's really strange because it, it's kind of like a little bit of muscle memory. And it's also the fact that our brains, they filter out things that we don't really need to see so shit that's not really that important to us our brain just kind of filters it out like if we're reading a sentence there's a the really i don't i don't know if it's really famous but it was like find the the mistake and it's like one two three four five six seven eight nine ten and people are like looking through the numbers looking through the numbers but it's literally find the the or it's can you find the the mistake right the is on one line and the second line below that. Yep. And your brain filters it out because it's not that important. Right. That's just one of those words like you you already know this picture. This is the picture that's supposed to be there. You understand it completely. It, this is what's supposed to happen. And then you just filter part of it out anyway. Yeah. So, it, it, I mean, it's kind of like that where you're driving, you know the route. Your brain's like, fuck it. Let's save some memory. <laughs> and just not record this. You know what I mean? Let's save some RAM for the heart or the lungs. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That makes sense to me. It just saves some RAM. Look, the muscles got, they know what, the, they know what's going on here. If a red light comes, okay, I'll click in. Right. Or, you know, whatever. Just. It's like a key word. Like if we start saying, nope, not going to say it. But if we start, start saying some random stuff that. It'll just appear on somebody's server someplace, and then all of a sudden dudes will start jam knocking our door down to arrest us because we said a particular phrase. That's when everything starts checking back in. I don't really know what phrase. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but <laughs> definitely don't say it. But like if you come to a if you come to a red light, then everything starts checking back in. Okay. Would it though? You you've all obviously seen red lights there before. Maybe you just check out the whole the whole way. I mean, it's totally possible if you do the journey enough, the same journey all the time. You just totally check out like, okay, there's a McDonald's over there. This is the red light. There's another red light this far ahead. There's a Wendy's over there. You're, the brain is just sort of going through the motions. But if there's no red lights and there's no other traffic, you're just doing 62 miles an hour and a 55 for 40 miles. Did I say 45? 62 and a 55? I don't know. 
<laughs> anyway, <laughs> but your brain just kind of, it just goes. It, especially if you put on cruise control, then you don't have to control anything. You just. Yeah. And, and then your subconscious goes places. Yeah, I've been driving to the same place for for work for, shit, 10 years now. There's many mornings where I'm like, oh, shit, I'm here. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, not, I'm not, uh, it's not like I pull into my parking spot and then it turns on, but I'm like, oh, how the fuck, I'm already here? Like, at, like, this intersection? How, what, <laughs> where was I? What's going on? How many people did I kill? Did I kill anybody? <laughs> did I run someone over? Run them off the road? I don't know. Also, it's like, I don't know, it's like five o'clock in the morning. Maybe I fell asleep. I don't know. I wonder if, like, at some level, that helps. Like, your your subconscious, like, it's it's not. We know how to do this. It's not time to wake up yet. Just, just go. You're like, duh, duh, it's fine. Whatever. Poof. Oh, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> there are times where, even if I just, I just close my eyes for a few nope. minutes. What driving? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I'm home. And I'm I'm real I'm feeling pretty tired. I'll sit down on a chair, sit down on the couch. I'll just like kind of lean my head back, close my eyes for a few minutes. I don't fall asleep, but when I open my eyes, I feel much better. You're just rejuvenated somehow. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I mean maybe the brain just needs a needs to kind of just needs a hot second to I don't know turn turn off that stimulation. Maybe that's it. Yeah, uh, unnecessary stimulation. Yeah. Well, in its... Uh, I was going to say in its mind. But that doesn't make sense. The mind does not have a mind. Or does it? Uh, oh, you're talking about bicameralism? That's a whole other thing. We can't get into that right now. The brain has a brain. And then does that brain have a brain? It's brains all the way down, baby. Uh, it's brain and brains. <laughs> it's a brain and brains. <laughs> Did we even start talking about remote viewing? I don't think so, man. We yeah, we're way off course here. Oh, we did because you were. I think you were reading something here <laughs> about things. Um, yeah. Well, remote viewing deals with the brain. We were talking about the brain. We're kind of still on course here. You're able to transcend time and space, right? You just let the physical body do what the physical body's doing, and then you check in later. This is really close. I don't know how they say this is not astral projection. Like they seem pretty adamant about it, but it's very close to it. Yeah. According to astralvoyage.com, it's astral projection is on a different plane, which is kind of weird itself. Like you go somewhere else, but it's the same place because you can still interact with all the things. But is that But if you're if you interact with the things that you're on, is that not remote viewing? There's there's like a there's a fine line between remote viewing and astral projection. Well, we could kind of think of it like this, not to not a so much a play on words, but you say you go to Philly, you get on a plane, and I decide I don't feel like going to Philly today. I'm going to go to BWI, get on a plane in Baltimore. All right. Same destination, different interactions on that plane, on those planes. Okay. Boom. Same destination, though. We arrive roughly the same time. But we got there different ways. Different ways. Different interactions. Different people. I might have got Cheez-Its. Uh, you got peanuts. 
just different altogether, but we end up in, I don't know, LA, same time, roughly the same time, same destination, different planes. So what you're saying is we're both shooting for the same place. We're both looking for flight 19, for instance. Did you get into flight 19? That's the thing. No. No, I didn't. (laughs) We're both looking for flight 19, but one of us takes the earth plane and one of us takes the astral plane to get there. Yeah. Maybe? That, I mean. Does it make sense? I don't know. To me, it makes sense, but then we might be, (laughs) this is like a different level of racism here because we're like, the astral projectors are like, you you jackasses, this is not how, and the remote viewers are like, what the? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Russell Targ and Hal Putoff, they were the uh, physicists at, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, SRI, the Stanford Research Institute. Uh They were given the job to determine if ESP and similar areas were possible. So they were in charge of this. And uh, the first subject they tested was Ingo Swan, who allegedly could accurately remote view. But what... what is accurate remote viewing? What I came up with was like five to fifteen percent accuracy. That doesn't seem very good. No, no, I th- I thought it was way higher than that. You think so? I thought I saw something that was like sixty percent. Maybe for Ingo Swan, but for the world now, I, I swear there was like a five to fifteen percent. They're like, okay, it's still kind of good. I mean, you started with nothing. Maybe 5 to 15% could accurately do it. I don't know. Is that how it goes? I don't know. I, I swear I saw accurate, like, they would say, I don't know, they'd get a few things off. You know, they'd say it's over here, or, you know, it's got this, and it's this color and that color, and uh, this person is running it. They get a feeling about it. Okay, it's it's cold. There's something cold about this. There's there's stone. It's gray. There's darkness. Okay, I'm seeing stained glass. Yeah. And it, there's a, there's, no, it's not stone. It's brick. I'm seeing brick. There, it's red. It, there's pews. And then suddenly you're like, oh, oh, it's, there's robes. There's, oh, it's, there's, there's a, there's a feeling of optimism. There's a feeling of finality. Oh, it's a church. That kind of in stuff. Antarctica. It's the Masons in Antarctica. <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> if you want to take it down that bad. <laughs> the weird thing about that is the guy said, it's cold. Well, I mean, the guy, you, uh, you know, you're saying, well, th- that's what the guy said. But that's, you're, you might think it's cold. And I'm like, I don't know. It's 50 degrees. That's uh, not too bad. Right. Yeah. So they're like inaccurate. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. It's dark. Well, to a mole. The fuck is dark? They like the dark. I'm like, yep. Inaccurate. I got them feline eyes. You stop. Yeah. To a bat? They're like, <laughs> I don't know what they do. <laughs> I mean, it sounds right. Yeah. It's echolocation. Kind of radar. But then they dump the radar and they're like, oh man, we get some free radar. We just put a bunch of these remote viewing fools in a room. We know exactly what's going on in Russia. We better not talk about bats. Oh. Yeah. We'll, we'll go bat soup crazy if we do that. Yep. So if I gave you astralvoyage.com, 
there is a web one of the places on astrovoyage.com remote viewing are you interested in remote viewing so step six says don't click on the below coordinates until you're ready to know what the target is so the very first sample coordinates which aren't even coordinates really when i think of coordinates i'm like okay 25 degrees 35 minutes 48 seconds north 15 degrees yeah that kind of thing these are just four numbers nine zero zero two like locker combinations yeah yeah this is like your your is it your bank pin number nine zero zero two four seven six one twenty three sixty nine if i run down all of these somebody's going to go into an epileptic seizure and sue us because they all of a sudden they they're viewing stuff i'm cutting that out too then because i don't want that to happen (laughs) (laughs) what i did uh, when i found this i didn't do it immediately when i found this i just sort of tucked it away in my subconscious i'm like okay nine zero zero two i need to remember that those are the the quote-unquote coordinates whatever that means when i was going to sleep a couple of nights ago when i was thinking about this i wasn't completely ready to sleep and i was just thinking about it i'm like okay let me concentrate on this what's gonna happen i may be completely wrong but i was just like let me try this out i'm gonna find out this is my sleep moment i put my phone down set the alarm ready to go for sleep but i'm not like tired tired you know what i mean Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so i was thinking about this number what what came to me which i could could be completely wrong on this have you looked at it yet? I've not looked at it yet. I'm looking at it right now. You're, you've clicked on it. You've clicked on 9002. I've clicked on it. I yep. have not clicked on it because I want to be completely surprised. And I want to see what what I see in my brain. But what what I see, it, what I saw as I was going into sleep, because I woke up the next morning, I'm like, shit, I didn't finish what I wanted to finish. I'm awake now. But it was like uh, what I got was like a like a dark cloud almost smoke but it's like a hot cloud fiery it's just like a a a dark hot cloud is what I'm what I'm feeling what I felt when I got into that well I got to tell you T- totally wrong you're way off <laughs> <laughs> way off oh yep I clicked on it <laughs> way off maybe there was a fire there one time there could have been Maybe that's why the people aren't there anymore. So, what is it? it it's a. We'll explain to them. It's a. It, it's a pyramid, kind of type structure, but it, but it looks more like, uh, not like the pyramids of Giza. It looks more like Chichen Itza, where it has like the this the different levels. But it looks like if you took the took one of the pyramids of Giza, just knocked off a knocked off a couple of levels on top. And kind of squished it down a little bit. It looks real stretched out. It, like Chichen Itza, dude. Isn't that's how? Isn't that how that one works? I or does it not? The sides they slope, no don't they? It, what I'm looking at, it it doesn't look like it's as sharp a slope as uh, the pyramids in Giza. You know what I mean? It's not. It's not sharp. It's a little. It's a bit of a more of a lazy slope. Okay, I gotcha. Or it maybe the picture was stretched out on the sides. <laughs> but it's definitely not smoke. It's definitely not hotness. Whoa, dude! What? 
3809. As soon as I closed my eyes and thought about it, I didn't look at it. But for whatever reason, I got nuclear reactor. Hard. All right, I opened it. I'm way off. Way off. (laughs) This is like Mojave the Desert. (laughs) Maybe that's why it's a desert, dude. Maybe there was a meltdown. Oh, shit. Or, let's bring it back. It's a desert. Nuclear reactor. Nuclear bomb testing in the desert. Hello. I got it. I could kind of see Devil's Tower there on the left. I Look. Nuclear testing happened not that far from Devil's Tower. Me and Ed Dames were right there. <laughs> Devil, Devil's Tower. Boom, I nailed it. I'm a remote viewer, people. Oh, man. On the spot. Try again with additional targets using this remote viewing test. That was actually really weird because as soon as like I, th- I, I thought about the number, I closed my eyes. The very first thing that popped in was a nuclear reactor or like the, the cooling tower. You know what I mean? The silo thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. Like, why would that pop in my head? It, it popped up. It was as like as vivid as I was looking at a picture of it on my computer. We have not talked about anything nuclear. We haven't talked about nuclear plants or nothing like that. No. So what what about 3809? What happened March 8th, 2009? That was a Fukushima, was it? No, dude. It fucking better not be. No, <laughs> Fukushima was not that long ago. <laughs> For no reason at all, I'm looking up March 8th, 2009. Well, while you do that, let me tell the folks. So this Ingo Swan cat, this guy, first off, dope-ass name. He sounds like... You know, he sounds like this is what he does. Psychic shit. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, did you see what he did on April 27th of 73? No, what happened? This MFR, he visited Jupiter during a joint psychic probe with another psychic named Harold Sherman. He did that? Yeah, and when he made he made drawings of this trip, he drew a ring of tiny asteroids around the planet and the scientists, they were like, this motherfucker, he's crazy. No, he's wrong. What? That's Saturn, you dumbass. Yeah. Later, in 1979, that little ring was discovered. Six years later, they discovered that little ring of asteroids. They were like, yo, dude, you're wrong. Get out of here. You're not getting any of this. Yeah, Ingo said, hey. <laughs> Ingo told him, hey, no, this is what I saw. It's there, trust me. I mean, I, that's there, there's no quotes there, but... <laughs> He was like, yo, dude. This is what I see. Take it or leave it. And they're like, or they're like, we're not paying you. We're not buying you lunch. We're not doing anything for you. You're dumb. Bye. And he was like, all right, well, I could remote view your pin number, so <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> but one thing that made Swan so unique was the fact that he could basically do this on command for a long duration. Really? Uh, where other people, they'd be sporadic on how well they could do it. But, like, if they were like, yo, Ingo, like, yell out coordinates. He's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. If that's I just assume, like, he's, like, pointing at his <laughs> head and going. Mm-hmm. Was that what Johnny Carson did? He, Johnny Carson held the envelope to his head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what they did. They gave him an envelope with coordinates. He holds it to his head. He's like, I see pyramids in Antarctica. They're like, they're like, <laughs> you no, no. You, 
and go. Seriously, come on, man. We depended on you. Yep. Or they laugh and they're like, "Come on, we all know that's just a, a wall <laughs> to keep the water in the flatter pyramid." You telling me it slopes on the other side because it's straight on this side? Yeah. <laughs> but the the thing that kind of gets me about the whole thing is officially it was released at some point in their official release documents that the CIA supported this from the 70s until, what was it, 1995? Yeah, it was, yeah. So that's in our lifetime, dude. The CIA was like, yeah, you probably yeah. got something here. So let's keep let's keep researching it. But it was it seemed like on on one hand it was like, oh my god, the CIA is giving all giving these people all this money to practice this remote viewing and tell us what's in the outer lands in Russia. But then on the other hand, they're like this kind of are we really giving them money to set in a room and tell us that they're seeing dark clouds and they're not feeling good when we tell them to look at these numbers yeah maybe they just didn't like the the low percentage of accuracy or maybe they're still doing it yes see that was that was official (laughs) that they stopped funding it but unofficially yeah i mean just like the philadelphia experiment you're telling me if this is true and they did figure out how to teleport a fucking ship that just because some people got hurt, they canceled it? Give me a break, dude. Not a chance. They don't care about the little guy. They care about advancement. Right. So if this worked enough, they're going to continue doing it. They're just going to tell everybody, nah, we're not doing it anymore. We got a reputation to uphold here. Yeah, then- this is dumb. We're not going to fund this thing anymore. This this is the 90s. You think this is 1977? This is... This is not the Star Wars age. This is the 90s. We're going to stop funding this stupid thing. Yeah. And then Russia's like, okay, I guess we stopped now. (laughs) Right, because we stopped. Yeah, and then meanwhile, (laughs) the U.S. US, are down in their bunkers. They're like, all right, keep going. Keep going. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, they said they're going to stop now? Okay, great, great, great. Maybe Russia didn't stop either. I mean, who would? If you could get some sort of accuracy to this there are numbers of people that are like yep we work with the the police department and we find missing persons we find bodies pat price who pat price what did pat price do he was one of the big remote viewers too oh yeah yeah he helped people he helped police find they were looking for uh killers or uh some murder or whatever and they were like hey look it's kind of weird, but can you help us out? Pat Price. I think it was Pat Price. He's like, hey, look, why don't you go down this street, look for this car. They go down there. They find all the shit. Everything's there. <laughs> right there. So right there, you'd have to be like, mm, either this person is a suspect, like number one suspect, or yeah. you're on to something here. So I, I saw this. Uh, this TED talk, this video on YouTube, it was with Russell Targ. He talks about the experiments. It was on uh, this person Meta Rising's page. Okay. On YouTube, it was called Band TED Talk about psychic abilities. It's thirty two minutes long. I didn't watch the whole thing because 
Dude's old. <laughs> I got bored. I don't know. He also says everyone can do this. Now, if you guys remember, Russell Targ was one of the first people to look into this with Hal Putoff. Right. But Russell, in this TED Talk, he says, it's no harder to see what's going on in Russia than it is to describe what he has in his pocket. Basically emphasizing that distance distance does not make the picture harder to see. Distance doesn't make it any harder to perceive what they are trying to perceive. So if if I can remote view uh, what's going upstairs going on upstairs right now in my living room, with whatever clarity I can see that, I can also see whatever the hell is going on in uh, uh, I don't know on the Pleiadians planet. Right. You just kind of set yourself to be there. Yeah. It does. It's not a matter of sight it's just whatever clarity you can see anything you can see anything else it it blows my mind dude it's freaking wild but the other thing is you can't just like you can't just win the lottery it doesn't just it's not magic and where you can just everything is just not clear well ed dame said some of his students have won big money Sports betting. Okay. Sports betting. I guess that, because that makes sense. You're not looking for a number. You're looking for a feeling. You're like, okay, well, these these fans that are wearing red or wearing the color of passion are going to be super happy on this day. Yeah, I don't know how they do it. I don't know if it's, if it's they try to, and then boom, it hits them. Like uh, the Villanova Wildcats win the you know the championship i don't know if it works like that or if it they just kind of get like a like a feeling like yeah i'm feeling really good about this team or if it just boom the final score hits them right in the face <laughs> that would be awesome you know we did uh march madness a couple years ago this lady at work she won and she won because she picked her favorite mascots what yeah I'm, I okay. So she 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 looked at she filled out her bracket. She picked who was gonna win based on what mascot she liked the best, and she won. That's freaking cool. Good for her. Yeah, yeah. Good for her. <laughs> Bad for me. I lost oh. money. <laughs> anyway, not to get too off track. Uh, so Targ in this uh, this YouTube video, he mentions Pat Price and. Uh, he once described an NSA code facility in Virginia, and he was able to read the files in that facility. What? He read the files in there? Read the files. Yeah. And then uh, someone someone asked him, like, why'd you choose to read the files? And he said, in psychic space, the more you try to hide something, the brighter it shines. Oh, so you have all this energy put into the fact that you're trying to keep this thing things secret that that's how it glows even more in that plane right that's what i was saying in the first half like hiding stuff even in the winchester house it doesn't matter because it's gonna shine so bright you're gonna figure out you'll know exactly how to get to it because it's like a beacon oh you know it's like it, like a bug light outside that's just drawing the mosquitoes in the zip, 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 you're zip. just putting all of this energy into it to keep it secret to keep it safe and then that's the beacon for it. 
actually is because you put all the yeah. energy into it. Mm-hmm. Mm, I'm still not laying my secure my social security card out on the uh, ottoman. <laughs> no, uh, Pat Price was the one. Th- this is a, a famous one. Uh, he was also given coordinates and uh, asked to describe and draw what he saw. And he described this crane with eight wheels. Uh, it was like, what is it? Four legs. So there's, what is it? Was there two wheels on each leg, I guess? Uh, something like that. And uh, it was a secret facility that the Russians had. The Russians had it. Yeah. And then they actually found out. They, I don't know if they did a reconnaissance mission or what. If they flew over or what. But they saw the crane. And he also described this building that they had. They were building a 60-foot metal, 60-foot in diameter metal shield. Or metal sphere, not shield, what? sorry. So it didn't mm-hmm. matter. It didn't matter if they are building this big-ass sphere. Mm-mm. He's like, I see your sphere. A secret facility with a crane with a building where they're in there building a metal sphere, 60-foot metal sphere, whatever that was. Because I looked it up and I was like, how big was Sputnik? But Sputnik was small. I think Sputnik was like a foot. That's it. Like it was. It, was, it was, Sputnik was real small. That sphere it had the large antennas coming off of it, but the sphere itself was really small. Really. Mm-hmm. Because I was thinking, like, so when I first saw that, I was like, "All right, when did Sputnik go up?" Because I know Sputnik was a sphere. Like, were they building Sputnik then? <laughs> but yeah, Sputnik was pretty small. So shall we tell them how to get into a deep level of relaxation to get there? Yeah, we probably should. We're going a little long here, huh? Yep. And then we'll have to reveal what's in the cards, what's in the envelope. Yeah. So a deep level of relaxation is required in order for the shift or phasing to occur through the four levels of awareness. Most of us dip into a delta every night, but rarely do we ever retain conscious memory of it, since most of us cannot retain conscious knowledge from the delta level of awareness our best bet is to data collect from deep theta below are the different states of awareness relative to our brain so beta brain waves of 14 to 30 cycles per second this is normal waking activity focus is centered exterior to our inner self we focus on everything around us and use all of our physical senses so just kind of being every day you're in beta waves. Yeah. Alpha waves. Brain waves oscillating at between 8 and 13 cycles per second. A more internally focused, self-reflective, and relaxed mindset as in daydreaming or meditating. So the alpha waves come in when you're in a fairly deepish state of meditating. You're kind of, you're checked out, but you're not. You're, right. You're still aware of your body. Theta waves. Brain waves oscillating between four to five cycles per second where extended remote viewing happens. So you're just about asleep, but not quite. Okay. And that's where the remote viewing happens. But delta waves, brain waves of less than four cycles per second, this is deep sleep and our awareness is completely within universal mind. So we're totally checked. That's when... So you got to... That's when you like dreams happen, like just random dreams. I don't think it's like remote viewing or astral projection dreams. It's just like you're totally out. There's no consciousness at all. You got to get into theta, but not quite to delta. So you got to find that balance somehow. Yeah. 
When a person is in deep theta, they can request data from the universal mind. The universal can be perceived as it as it would in the physical body, auditory, visual, or emotional. It's very interesting. So you got to be yeah. almost asleep, not quite. Did you see on the same page that has the coordinates? It tells you like how to set up to remote view these coordinates. No, I don't think I got into that too much. How do you do that? Well, there's, I guess, what, five steps. And step one says, clear your mind, sit down at a desk in a quiet room, and remove any items from the desk that would capture your interest. The plainer, the better. Have pen and paper ready. So you sit down, you just throw all the shit off the desk, and you go. (laughs) Step two, relax. Take out several minutes to breathe deep and quiet the mind. Okay. Can can anybody quiet their mind? I don't I don't In today's society it takes quite a bit, I think, to quiet the mind in in today's society. I don't I don't even know how it's possible. The only way I can do it is if I think don't think anything, don't think but then I'm thinking something. Right. I, I <laughs> step three. Look at the coordinate numbers below. Don't guess in all caps. Don't guess what they are, because you will be wrong. Right. Instead, let the images come to you. What do you feel? What colors and textures come into your mind? The trick is to stay low level, in quotes. Low level means to not try and guess what the target is, but try and get minimal data, colors, textures, etc. Step four, start writing or verbalizing details. As the picture slowly unfolds, start sketching details. What are its attributes? An arc, a curve, a motion of energy, red, green, brown, soft, hard, mushy. The last three were kind of gross. <laughs> soft, hard, mushy, I don't know. Write down everything that you feel, see, hear, or smell. Step five, get a bigger picture. As you get more information, you should be able to detect if it's man-made, natural, human, and so forth. Start to feel for the bigger picture. And that was the last step. I mean, it says a real session can take up to an hour, but if you're just having fun, I think you should be able to do this in 20 minutes or so. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're really doing it, it should take you about an hour. But if you're just having fun, just for funsies, about 20 minutes, you got it. So for fun, have you concentrated on, on the clue envelope? It's been just about an hour. I've looked at it. I've looked at the envelope. You've shown it to me several times. I've looked at the picture. And I'll I'll make my guess. You ready for my guess? Yes. I have a feeling it was Professor Plum with the lead pipe in the kitchen. I think it's Mr. Green with the rope in the dining room. My wife said Mr. Green in the kitchen with a knife. And other people have guessed other things. What was it? We don't know yet. If you want to be on the podcast. I'm on it now. Okay. I guess. How many people guess? Well, I'll tell you. So, Friends in Flares on Twitter. Friends in Flares on Twitter guessed, I'm going to say Professor Plum in the lounge with a revolver. L.A. Mason 9 on Twitter. What? <laughs> he goes, hand sanitizer lined seal and interior in case you forget to wash your hands before opening up the envelope. <laughs> uh... Herding Cats 15 on Twitter guessed Colonel Mustard in the library with the candlestick. Moonbeam, Moonbeam's little sister, or uh, Moonbeam's little 
on Twitter guessed Scarlet in the Conservatory with the Rope. Penny Trader 10 on Twitter guessed Mr. Green in the kitchen with a knife. And he goes on to all. It's a lot of Mr. Greens, dude. They're on the same True. Yeah. So maybe. (laughs) He goes, Mr. Green, parentheses, save the environment. In the kitchen, parentheses. Because we all be eating during the chaos. (laughs) With the knife, in parentheses, because it's already in kitchen. I realize all calls should be because, but hashtag clue. (laughs) Let's look. What was it? It was Mrs. Mrs. White. White. Nobody guessed Mrs. White. (laughs) In the game room of all places, formerly the billiard room. With the? With the rope. That was not even close to my guess. Pretty sure nobody guessed the rope except for me in the dining room. Is the kitchen close to the game room on the board? I think it's across from it. That's as close as I'll get. (laughs) What was Elijah's guess? I said plum lead pipe kitchen. Kitchen such a popular. Place. I don't know because it's where everybody is now because everybody's hungry during the <laughs> pandemic. Everybody's, yeah, I we were all hungry. Food, so. Okay, well, hey man, if you want, I guess send us your answers at bringontheweird at gmail dot com. Yeah, but at this point, they're just cheating. <laughs> True. <laughs> so buy some merch. Myconspiracytees dot com slash bringontheweird. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. Bring on the weird, Facebook, everything's bring on the weird. Everything. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all the things. Yeah. And with that, stay weird, world. We'll see you guys next time. From our bedroom studio to your ears comes a show that is bound to have you laughing either with or at the hosts, relating to the stories, and even learning a little along the way. Join Bavni and Terenji every Thursday on Drive With Us podcast as they strive to make your commute more enjoyable by sharing the disasters of theirs. I was driving what and then just, I wasn't. Welcome to Maryland. The way you said it. Welcome. You'll see more, just wait. Be a part of the show by submitting your stories to be featured on the commuter update and let listeners around the world know how crazy, entertaining, and weird commuting can be. There is a flock of full-grown turkeys and every time a car tried to go by them, they would just lunge at the hood of the car. I have the nerve to say in my hysteria, oh no, I need to see the body. We need a I body. I said that to a LAPD officer. Go to www.drivewithuspodcast.com to share your stories, listen to episodes, and get access to extra content.